Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Well, have you ever had your training plans just blow up on you? We probably all have. Well, sometimes it's for a good reason, and we're going to share a story about just such an instance today. And then I'm going to compare our brains to grocery stores. <laughs> You've probably already put those pieces together, but I'm going to share anyway. And joining me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How things in your world? They're good. You know, this this uh, uh, 100-miler training is uh, eating me up. Is it? I ran 20 miles on Friday, 20 miles on Saturday. Ouch. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's it's I, it, uh, I purposely ran slow on Saturday. Yeah. And that's hard. It's really hard. Well, to it do. helped that the weather around here was picture perfect Friday yes. and Saturday. It's been it's, nice. Uh, yeah. I just said it a few minutes ago. We've got a, a false sense of spring yeah. uh, the past <laughs> yeah. few days because if I know if I know the weather around here, we're go, we're going to get smacked again with some cold weather. Well, it got pretty cold in the morning. Yeah, it was like in the twenties yesterday morning. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, but the afternoons have been real nice. It's it's all good. Hey, so uh, tell me how this podcast is going with Co. He. he Co does an excellent job. He does a good job. Does really? He? He's he's good on the fly. Yeah, he, he's of course relaxed. he's always been kind of quick witted and yeah, you know he you never catch you never put him back on his heels with words. No, he'll come right back at you. And, and he's he's never yeah he never he's never defensive. He's also never you know he's never super high either. He's sure. just kind of level headed all the time. And uh, but he pays a lot of attention. To, to running in the running community sure. and so uh, he's got some great insight you yeah. know and last week we got to record one where he had actually gone to the Milrose games yeah so uh, yeah it's it's been cool yeah he got to run with some pretty cool people it sounds like he, he did yeah he did hey before we get started let's talk about this week's sponsor it's our friends over at securemac.com they are the makers of the popular security software MacScan 3 this software protects your computer from the threats threatening Macs which are malware malware keystroke loggers and stalkerware people nowadays are storing more and more of their information on their macs and it provides an ever-growing target for hackers secure mac has been educating users about security and privacy for over 20 years now they even have a podcast to inform users on how to protect themselves online and they explain it in a way that everyone can understand Try it for free today, and when you're ready to purchase, use the code RUNNER for a special discount. Protect your Mac before the hackers steal your security, and go to securemac.com today. And again, we're just so thankful to our sponsors um, supporting what we do, and, and we're honored to be able to support what they do in turn. Absolutely. You know, Nicholas is a run club guy. He's he usually is. in the top 10 list of most miles for the club, for the Strava group. Um, so he's he's very active. And uh, Matt, if, if, if he has a podcast, maybe we need to get him on this podcast, sure. right? Yeah, 
Yeah, cool. we need to look into that. Yeah. And if um, you mentioned the Strava group, you know, yes. we don't talk about that very much, but if you're a, a Run Club member, go over to Strava and search the Run for God Run Club group. Um, it's an active group. It's a big group now. Yeah. I mean, how many? Almost 600. Almost 600 people in yeah, there. We're now, over so. 590 now. Yeah. So go check that out. Um, it's kind of neat to get in there and see what everybody's doing and. Uh, you kind of get to see behind the curtain a little bit of everybody's running. So it's it's pretty neat. Yeah, and it's really cool to look at it and see, you know, that we, we have, uh, you know, 2,000 miles run, you know, in the last however long. I don't remember how long it measures for, but it's, it's really it's really cool to see sure. the accumulation of the yeah. group. So, yeah. Last week's Facebook post comes from Stacy Oliva. She said, day 14, one mile February challenge completed at work. Run for God, couch to marathon, week four, uh, week four, day one, walk completed. Kept on walking afterwards for a mental break from the past few weeks. LOL, my wrist still hurts, but better. No car after accident. Walking a lot more now, but it's good exercise. Last fall, I would have totally thrown in the towel. God and this group are helping me push forward. What a great post. Yeah, you know, Stacy had a she had a car accident, mm-hmm. and you know she went out the the evening of her car accident and went out and decided she had to get her she had to get her mile in, and so she did. She went out it's and dedicated walked. Dedicated right there. That is, yeah. Um, I mean, most people use use that as an excuse to quit, and this is just proof you don't have to do that. I think the thing that sticks out to me most, and and this is something we don't talk about as much. We're usually in the nuts and bolts of the training and things like that. But she said, kept on walking afterwards for a mental break from the past few weeks. Mm. It's amazing what a walk or a run can do. You know, we, we've talked about in, in this podcast, there's not many runners and walkers that have a ton of mental health issues um, because it is, it's a time to just clear your head. And um, I think, you know, it's a it's a time where you can get away from social media. It's a time when you can get away from your phone. It's mm-hmm. it's unplugging all the inputs, which we've talked about a lot before. Yeah. And I just I I firmly think I'm not a clinical psychiatrist in any stretch of the form, but I just think that would do a lot for people's mental health just to get out into God's creation yep. and listen to the birds and see the deer or if you're if you're in a in a town just the people watching in in communities and cities um it is it my wife she'll tell you sometimes she'll say mitchell you need to go for a walk or you need to go for a run and she's right Mm -hmm. and and it's amazing what it'll do for you mentally so i'm glad that stacy pointed that out here because it's so true and we we don't talk about it enough but it is so true yeah yeah you know patrick put out this uh one mile challenge yeah. for everybody to, to walk that's called on my wildfire hadn't it it really has yeah. and he's planning on doing a different one yeah. next month and so uh that that's pretty cool i like i like that but just to think about that think about there's something that's good for your mental health mm-hmm. that you're forcing yourself to do every day sure i mean that's that's just it just sounds smart doesn't it and it's fun i mean yeah. let's be real it it's hard yeah and it's sometimes it's bad weather or challenging situations and and i know this is cliche but nobody gets done with a run or a walk and says man 
wish I didn't do that. That's right. You know, yep. go, just give it, give it a week, give it a month, and uh, I think you'll see a huge difference. If you're out there listening and you're not part of Run Club, join this community because not only do you get the, the mental benefits of doing activity, but you get to surround yourself with a community of, of people who, who really want the best for you. Yeah. And that, there's not many communities out there nowadays that are like that. That's um, true. This community really rallies around people. And it's why it's why it's, you know, people see it as a safe place. Stacy here, she she sees this as a safe place to express these kind of sentiments because I'll guarantee you I haven't seen this post, but I'll guarantee you there's many comments mm-hmm. encouraging her and thanking her because she's encouraging other people by this post and it's yeah. it's uh, it's infectious what goes on in this club. Yeah, it's good to see. And any challenge. There's also other challenges. Just just so you know, if we have the one mile challenge of, of going at least a mile every day in, in the month of February, we'll have another one, as I said, uh, for the month of March. By the time this comes out, it may already be announced what it is, but it, it'll be something a little di- a little different than that. Now, let's say one thing real quick. Let me stop you, Dean. The, the one mile challenge, that's one mile every day. But if you're on a 5K challenge or something, that yep. doesn't mean we're asking you to run every that's, single day that's right stick to your plan but go walk for a mile that's right you know if if you're a runner like dean and you run every day anyway then then great that's fine but i just want to caution we're not saying go out and run every day yeah patrick's really just challenging people to get out and move a mile go a mile every yep. day and that's it's true and it's it's good yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But there are other places you can find challenges too. If you're on the the Garmin Connect, mm-hmm. there they have challenges there where you can meet certain milestones and things. Uh, Strava mm-hmm. has some built in things within Strava. So if you're just looking for ways to kind of help motivate yourself, I mean, a lot of people really love just accumulating those. They call them badges, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people love that. And Dean, so. just so you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to throw a little preview out here. We don't know the exact date yet, but. The new uh, Run For God Upward Running app is going to be pretty incredible. Um, We've had some – I know we've had some issues with our app here lately, and and we're getting those fixed. We've got those fixed. But um, the team of developers that's working on this new app is just – it blows my mind how smart these guys are. And they're taking cues from a lot of the other apps that you mentioned, Garmin and and Strava. A lot of those features that are in those apps, we're going to have on our own platform here. Um, And the not – too distant future um but it's um can't get here fast enough can't get here fast enough so brian if you're listening brian is running you know the the head developer upward um so brian if you're listening you know you got a whole group of people anything you need we don't have a clue how to do what you do but if you need us to punch keys we'll we'll can't get here fast enough but no all seriousness hit brian and, and les and his team i mean they're just they're incredible, but it's just another reason why I'm so thankful that we made this move to, yeah. to join up with Upward because it's uh, it's going to be a game changer. Yep, for sure. Well, the trivia question for last week, I, I, we may have had this question before. I think we have, but uh, it was a good question. What is your VO2 max? In other words, what does, the, what does that phrase mean? And the term breaks down into uh, VO2 max means what is the maximum rate or volume of of oxygen O2 um, that that can be used at any one time during exercise. So your body has a limit as to the amount of oxygen it can take in 
process and use mm-hmm. and that's what vo2 max is so oxygen is a critical ingredient in the respiratory process that's involved in breathing and as you breathe in oxygen your lungs absorb it and it turns it into atp adenosine uh triphosphate um and and that's atp is a, you have to have it mm-hmm. in order to um to run Uh, well actually to do anything to move a muscle you have to have atp um so atp powers your cells and then um it helps you to release carbon dioxide uh that's created during that whole process and so uh, it's incredibly important and the greater the vo2 max then that's again the more oxygen your body can consume then the more your body can actually do right so this means your body can better better handle you know aerobic fitness activities and things that we talk you know we talk about running and swimming cycling things like that but it also means it's easier to walk up the stairs sure um and that's a big deal so a a high vo2 max can be a a really good indicator of you being a good athlete Mm mm-hmm but it can also be a, a, a good indicator of actual just cardiovascular health sure. in general. Um, so a lot of people, um, a lot of doctors use uh, VO2 max to measure just to see how healthy people are in mm-hmm. general. Um, and there's maybe no better way to increase your VO2 max than to run. Mm-hmm. And so uh, now I think they say maybe cross-country skiing mm-hmm. is better. And rowing is re- Rowing and cross-country skiing they're, they're and running the are kind of the top yeah. three. I, I don't remember which one's one, two, and three. But um, So you mentioned that you can increase it. So mm-hmm. so for everybody that's out there that's wanting to dig into the weeds a little bit, how do you increase your VO2 max? Well, it's one of the reasons why when you go into our plans, if you're, mm-hmm. in, the, if you're in the 10K challenge plan or the half marathon challenge plan, you know that we have workouts mm-hmm. in there and you know that we ask you to run at lots of different speeds Sure. and running at a faster speed sometimes and a slower speed other times helps to boost your VO2 max, particularly those hard workouts. You do have to do those slower runs because they complement those faster runs and so that's that's how you boost your vo2 max and it's let me say this it is worth it for everybody anybody no matter who you are no matter whether you're a runner or not mm-hmm. to boost your vo2 max sure again it, it'll help you with with a lot of things so now your vo2 max kind of depends on your age too mm-hmm. the younger you are the higher your vo2 max as we get older um we just we can't we can't get up there as high. It's why we can't run as fast mm-hmm. when we're 50 as we could when we were 25. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that doesn't apply to everybody. Some people were 300 pounds when they were 25, and they're 170 pounds now, and they can run a lot faster than sure, they could at 25. Sure. <laughs> That's a different story. Um, now, if you use a GPS watch with a heart rate monitor, a lot of times they have uh, – it'll tell you what your VO2 max is. That's a Close. ballpark figure. It could be close. Uh, there's two things that determine how fast you can run. One is your VO2 max, and the second one is your running economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and your running economy basically is is how 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 efficient are you at getting all the power out of your stride? Mm-hmm. So form um, uh, and, and those kinds of things is what running economy is basically. So how, how what do you want to say? How, how uh, hardy is your system? 
mm-hmm. and then how do you use it? Those are the two things. That- and typically, the way this is measured is in a lab. You know, if you yes. if you've ever seen runners or bike or cyclist, and they're in a lab and they have this contraption on their head, um, that that is the clinical way yes. to measure VO two max and, and the most accurate way. Um, and you're they're taking blood samples during the the thing to to find out your lactic threshold and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean the watches. I would say they're not bad. No. Um, and it's it's kind of like with calories. You know, the watches that say yeah. how many calories you burned. You know, there's there's the right way to measure those, but then the watches can get somewhat close. And it's relative. So sure. if, if your watch says you boosted your VO2 max, you probably did. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. you know, it, whether that number is exactly right, you know that the direction that you're, you're going. You're going in the right direction, yeah. which is good. Yep. Yeah. Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. All right, so we're back, and we have all of these training plans and all the things that we do you can do them with groups and move along with with a group or you can do them on your own and one of those things you can do on your own is the bible in a year if you've ever thought about i would love to to read the bible through in a year well we do it for you all you got to do is you, you log in and every day you take that 15 minutes a day to listen and you'll go through the entire bible in a year and not only that but in the Bible in a year, you'll also get running tips mm-hmm. um, and then just kind of a motivational thought of the day. So uh, it's a great thing to do. And something else, we, we, we mentioned this either last week or the week before. It might have been last week. Um, <clears throat> as you know, you've probably heard us talk about, you may have seen the emails that we're offering a nationwide 5K challenge at the beginning of every month. And last week, we even talked about that we were in April, we're going to be bringing um, a couch to half marathon challenge a nationwide challenge we have the couch to marathon which starts every january well in april you you mentioned it on the podcast you even asked me and i said no i don't think that's going to line up well we've made it line up so now the if you if you want to do the couch to half marathon excuse me we've now made that line up with um the st petersburg marathon and half marathon weekend so if you want to do that it's we're going to do the live kickoff on april the 29th and that first week will be walk and recruit like we always do for the the big challenges uh but that race that will graduate 
on the same weekend as the St. Petersburg Marathon, which were, is where all of the Couch to Marathon graduates are going, if they can make it. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can finish at any race, but the Couch to Half Marathon is going to be on the same track as the Couch to Marathon people graduating at the same place, obviously at different distances, but the St. Petersburg Marathon and Half Marathon is where we're all going to meet. So you're actually the one that mentioned it on the podcast. I hadn't even thought about it, to be honest. And when you said that it was like a light bulb went off my head and i thought you know why don't we make these lineups so kudos to you dean uh for just i I didn't even see that uh as a possibility so uh, that's gonna be pretty cool i think that'll be great to have marathoners and half marathoners all graduating together and uh who knows we might even put another distance in there as we progress on through the year uh, that's what i was gonna I say mean, maybe the 10k and a 5k yeah we'll do so, all of uh, it. yeah we might just load up the st petersburg marathon uh do they have a 10k is, in in the st petersburg it's the distance weekend so i'm assuming i know they have the marathon in half i did not look for the 5k and 10k but yeah Again, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to I'm going to research that yeah. and find out. So uh, this stuff. is building into something pretty cool. So yeah. all you marathoners, we might have half marathoners uh, coming along with you. And, you know, for whatever reason, if, if something happened early on, you know, injury or something like that, and you feel like you need to drop back to the half marathon, we'll jump in with us on uh, April 29th. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a crowd down there. That's yeah. that's a that's one of those destination races. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Central Florida right in the middle or or at the beginning of February? Yeah, exactly. You know? So all yeah. you snowbirds up there, yeah, start uh, making plans. Go ahead and start making your plans. But I mean, it's pretty cool that we're able to offer all these different challenges now, and lots of people doing different things, and and the the club is growing. I don't know if yeah. you've been watching the numbers, but it's it's continuing to grow every day, and it's because we're we're offering more things throughout the year, which is really cool. We've never really done that before. And uh, and I will say, along with the app that we were just talking about, um, the church model, uh, that yeah. is also in the works. That's going to be coming back probably somewhere around the same time that the app comes out. Uh, so for all of you coaches who have been longtime coaches of, of Run for God, uh, that format is coming back in a much better way that is that mm. is where upward really shines um, that's yep. what they've been doing for 25 years and and they do it uh better than anyone so uh got a lot of good things in the in the crock pot right now yeah. and it, it's it's slow cooking but it's it's cooked the right way yeah so uh, gonna stay be tuned gonna be good well, I I found a couple of studies this week that I, I, I loved uh, that I wanted to talk about. And one of them was this. Uh, somebody did a meta study on figuring out whether strength training helps insulate you from injury. We talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. We say that it does sure. all the time. And so somebody took all the studies that were out there um, that were running specific studies to see if uh, doing strength training prevents you from getting injured. And you know what they found out? There is no correlation. Does that surprise you? I'll just stick to what I say about what I always say about studies. <laughs> and you're right. You're yeah, 100% I mean, right. Yeah. Because think about what you just said. He took all of the studies that say that it does, and he boiled it down and said that it doesn't. Well, there is no study that says that it does. 
There is no running study that sh- that <clears throat> says that strength training stops. You I don't from have being anything injured. in front of me, but I'm going to challenge that. Well, so. go go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. He found all he found. Here's the thing. Okay, as usual, the runners get the short end of the stick. There ha- it hasn't been studied hardly at all. Mm-hmm. So we say it all the time, and you know, do you know why we say it all the time? Because we know that if you're a soccer player, that that they have done studies that show that soccer players are less likely to get injured if they do strength training. So we assume that, well, if so, if it works for soccer players, it probably works for runners too, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why we deduce, and it makes sense. It does make sense. I'm not, and I'm, don't, please don't hear me say that don't So did he do a study training. or did he do a, did he study the lack of studies? He studied what studies were out there, which only, which only amounted to a little over 1,900 total participants, mm-hmm. total. Of all the studies that have ever been done. So this this just hasn't been studied. And so what I'm hoping is that. So to quantify, to to say that it doesn't help is not true then. It's saying that he's what he's seen. Because to me, logic, I, I just fall back on logic so many times. Logically, it makes sense. I'm just like I'm not a clinical psychiatrist. I'm not a medical doctor. But strength training has to help it has to help prevent injury okay it has to okay i'm just telling you that according to the studies there's no proof that it does i look at it like i look at ice baths you know there's a lot of there's no study out there that says that ice baths help i'm convinced as are thousands of other people that they do does it help you it does so it helps Yes. But there's no study that says that. Exactly. So that's, that, that, that's all I'm saying about study. That's why I have a problem with with studies. Well, you wonder. I mean, you have to wonder with sure. studies. When, when you get a study like this, you have to wonder how much of this is kind of in our head. Right. You know, how much of it is. Now, a, a mental benefit is is a real benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I, I don't know. It's I, I, I just think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fascinating to yeah. see. So, well, have you ever had a hectic day? A hectic week, maybe. Maybe a hectic year. Well, Julie Davis and her husband went through a tough year. She even had a running injury. But they praised God through it all, and they're thankful for all God has coordinated in their lives. And this is a story from Julie Davis that's called The Garden Bench. This story begins in the fall of 2022. I had just completed my first half marathon in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was great being at a race with so many fellow Run for God members. I enjoyed the fellowship and encouragement. Toward the end of that race, I felt something in my right hip, and I had to start walking more than I wanted to. I didn't quit. I made it across that finish line. I had dreamed of running a half marathon for several years, and I finally did it. After the race, I took the time off as prescribed, and when I tried to resume running, I had a lot of pain in my right hip. I went to the massage therapist and the chiropractor. I tried a new pair of shoes, but nothing helped. So I went to an orthopedic doctor. X-rays showed that I had tendonitis in my IL band and also sciatica. I had to bail on completing the marathon challenge that year. I started PT and it helped get me back on track. I had hoped to start fresh in 2023, but God had different plans. My husband found out that his colon cancer had metastasized in his liver, so my journey that year was to help him get through treatments and surgery. In addition to this, his mother went to her heavenly home and was buried the weekend I was originally scheduled to run the marathon. 
God is so faithful to have us where we need to be if we follow him. Our cancer journey took many twists and turns. We had to deal with insurance, medicine shortages, and delays in treatments. But in the end, everything happened in God's timing. In February 2023, we heard about a revival in Wilmore, Kentucky at Asbury University. God spoke to both of us, and we took a leap of faith and drove all night to get there. When we arrived, the doors were closed in order to clean the chapel. We camped out in 20-degree weather to save our place in line. As the sun began to come up, more and more people gathered, and we all started praying and singing praises to God. It was like Acts chapter 2. And before I forget to tell you, God spoke to my husband and told him he would be healed if we went. I didn't know that I didn't know that until we got in the car and we were on our way. Once we got in the chapel, the worship continued. It was such a powerful experience. My husband could barely talk. He was so overwhelmed by the presence of God in that building. We stayed for four hours and didn't want to leave, but felt we needed to let others have a chance to get in and see what God was doing. We went to the altar and prayed for his healing. We truly felt that God would heal him and no more chemo would be necessary. But God didn't answer our prayers that way. My husband was also told by God that this experience would be a lesson in patience. Now we know God could have healed him right there in that chapel. But if he did, his purposes and plans for us would not have been achieved. Patience is learned on the corner of Rock Street and Hard Place. So we continued with treatments and followed the doctor's advice. We had originally thought surgery would be in early May, but with the delays, it was pushing, pushed back to June. Again, God worked it out so we could go to Maryland and celebrate our youngest grandson's birthday in person. When we got back, my husband had surgery in Savannah, Georgia. Again, the providence of God. The surgeon that was recommended to us is a liver specialist and is one of the only ones in the entire U.S. who has the skills and specialty to do what he does. My husband came through surgery with flying colors, and after a week in the hospital, we were on our way home. Six weeks after surgery, with doctor's approval, we were able to make our planned trip to Alaska. It was more than we could have hoped for. We were there for two weeks, and we saw so many beautiful places. I'm always amazed at God's creation. Toward the end of the trip, my husband had some complications and became very sick. He was unable to eat or drink anything. Once we arrived back in Georgia, we were sent straight to Emory Hospital in Atlanta. Once we got to the hospital and they ran tests, it was determined he had a complete blockage in his bowels and emergency surgery was necessary. But God had already made provisions for us. The head of the GI department was on call that weekend. He was able to perform the surgery and remove the blockage. After another unplanned week in the hospital, we were home once again. During this year, God began to work in my heart and spirit that I needed to really press in and pray more than I ever had. I needed to seek him out and let him lead me. He gave me the vision of being in a garden. When I walk in the garden, there my Savior is sitting on our bench. He's always waiting patiently for me to come and just fellowship with him. Some days I need comfort. Other days I need encouragement. Other days, I just offer praise and spend time in his presence, listening to his voice speaking to me. And every time he is there to greet me with open arms and a great big hug. 
That is who my Savior is to me. He is my Lord, my friend, my confidant, my Prince of Peace, and so much more. He continues to prune away anything that is not of him. His goal is for me to continue to let go of anything that holds me back from truly trusting him. As I enter 2024, my husband is cancer free. God has surely answered our prayers, and we look forward to catching up on missed opportunities from last year. I'm embarking on the Couch to Marathon again with the goal of completing the marathon this time. And my word for this year is believe. Believe in God more. He has called me, and he will work in and through me as I allow him to. I am. I'm out of my comfort zone and pushing to be the best version of myself that I can be. I pray that all of you will do the same. That's an incredible story. Thank God. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't help but think this story. There are a lot of people who with the exact same circumstances they were in would be going, where's God? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the difference in trusting in God and realizing that God's there when you it's it would be real easy to go to that the thing at Asbury University and come out coming out of that. God, why did you tell us to go there? Right. But you didn't heal me. I mean, I can imagine back in June, July, August. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know why I thought about this. It's kind of a weird parallel, but I think it fits. <clears throat> you know, I, I I listen to the Dave Ramsey show mm-hmm. almost every day, and um, he he and just stay with me for a second with this parallel. He talks a lot to people about you know they're in a lot of debt and they come into money and they call in saying what should I do? And he said he says pay the debt off obviously, but what he what he warns about is he says too many times you. It's the journey of getting out of debt where all the wisdom is and where all the learning is. He, and sometimes he, he cautions people about just doing that one thing to get out because you fall back into bad habits. You can go back into debt. And I think in a weird way, this is what God does so many times. God could have just healed him mm-hmm. right then. But think about everything that Julie and her husband learned during that six or nine months of between Asbury and becoming cancer free. Yeah. They learned to trust God. They learned patience. And now they look back and they have a much higher level of faith, I believe. Yeah. Because of the journey that God brought them through. You know, we talk about it so many times that God will bring us through that valley. And if we hold on to him and we we get to that mountaintop on the other side, it's so much sweeter. It's so much better. It's so much more rewarding than if he would have just <clears throat> brought him out of it. And uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I love hearing these kind of stories of you're right. It would have been easy just to throw in the towel and mm-hmm. say, God, you. You failed me, you know, walking out of the doors because a lot of people would have went into the Asbury thinking I'm going to walk out of this building cancer free. Yeah, that's not often how God works. He can. Yeah, but that's not often. Yes. But that's not often how he works, because there's a lesson in every valley. And Mm -hmm. if we if we grasp a hold of that lesson, man, we're so much better for it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, 
delayed gratification is one of those things where, you know, we work and we work and we work. We, we, we learn about that in the Couch to Marathon program, right? We work and work and work for a final finish line that sure. takes a long time to get there. And there's a lot of heartache in between. Well, this, this is a lot like that, right? This, this whole idea of just continuing to trust God um, until you finally get to where you wanted to be at the beginning, but you had to go through these other things. Delayed gratification is not something we embrace these days yeah. because everything is instant now. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And I mean, we want to see, you're right. We, it's why I used to love the building industry. You know, mm-hmm. when I framed houses, it's, it's what I loved is going in in the morning and then, you know, loading the truck in the afternoon and you look back and you see progress. Yeah. And but so many times in, in running and our walk with Christ and faith, you don't see progress every single day but that builds that muscle of of patience and determination and drive and grit and all those things and that's why it's so important for julie and people like her write this stuff down i'm so glad she's sitting in this story if if not for everybody listening but for her yeah for five years when she's facing that next thing because yeah. we're, we're all going to face that next thing she's got this to look back on and say because she's going to get in a valley and wonder where god's at yep she can look back right here and say he was there he's here too i might i might not be able to see him and i might not be able to feel him but he's here yep genesis 2 8 and 9 now the lord god had planted a garden in the east in eden and there he put the man he had formed the lord god made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food i love this Mm -hmm. picture that she gives us of jesus sitting there on a bench in a garden um i i just I don't know. This the idea. Just thinking about the original garden. The only the only caution is, it's great to think about Adam in the garden and everything that he had surrounding him and all the advantages of being there in that garden. But Adam had responsibility too. And sometimes we love the glorious things that God reveals and shows us and. But there's a responsibility that comes along with that as well. And we can't lose sight of that. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where I think they got that. Julie got that and her husband got that. They they understood that um, it's about showing your faith Mm -hmm. through all of this, that there's a responsibility on their end, too. It's not just God's going to give, give, give. We've got something that not that we earn anything from God, but that. Um, God rewards our faithfulness, right? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, Julie and her husband showing their faith. I mean, think about how many people are going to be touched by her story. I mean, not in, not including the people listening, the people around her and her community who mm-hmm. who saw their faithfulness, who saw, you know, that they didn't complain. And you know, I'm sure before bed at night, I, I, I'm sure in their in their there were times that. They questioned. Yep. And and I'm that's sure. that's normal. Yep. That's normal. But it's what you do after you question. And mm-hmm. and they kept they kept having faith. And and that's that's inspiring to anybody who hears it. And I just 
you know, I hope Julie's out there shouting it from the mountaintops. I'm sure she is. She she sent it in here. Yep. Uh, and that that is inspired stories. Stories motivate us. Yep. And Julie's really motivates me. Yeah. Luke twenty two thirty nine through forty four. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, "Pray that you will not fall into temptation." He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, "Father, if you are willing." Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. <laughs> you know, this story, Julie and her husband, they had to go through these tough things. Um, they didn't want to go through them. And that's normal. <laughs> and, and Jesus shows us here where Jesus experienced that. Mm -hmm. Jesus, he understands how we feel about these things because he experienced it. Jesus did not want to go through with what God had him to do. But in the end, it was a complete surrender of sure. God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And that's kind of, that's kind of what this verse is, is telling us, right? Um, but why are we surprised when things happen to us? We, we see Jesus, Jesus mm -hmm. going through Difficult times and, and having such an anxious feeling about it, and yet we're surprised that it happens to us. Mm -hmm. It's like if it can happen to Jesus, why why should we be surprised? But we are. We're all almost always surprised, right? Yeah. I, I love the I love the pray that you will not fall in and fall into temptation when talking to us. He knew they were about to fall asleep. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I love that part of that verse. We, yeah. we don't really focus on yeah. that part of the verse very much, but it's like, okay, I know what you're about to do. Just pray that you don't do that. Yeah. And they and did they it did. not only once, yeah. but multiple times. So uh, well, that's you know, a little humor in that verse. One of the things, too, about the way that God works in us it, we were talking about this this week and you know the 23rd psalm is this picture of and it says you know god makes us lie down in green pastures right and we have this vision and even the commentaries say that when he makes us lie down in green pastures it's this calm serene god makes us lie down in these green pastures that's not what that verse says do you do you know how do you know how a sheep herder makes a sheep lie down he puts his arm around the sheep's neck and then grabs the hind legs of the sheep <laughs> and jerks it out from under him and slams him on the ground. That's how a, she a shepherd makes a sheep lie down. <laughs> now, think about that in the context of this verse, and it makes sense with everything that comes after it, right? God doesn't just, yes, God, God is gentle with us at times, but there's also times where he's saying, just also like he, time when he gets us in a headlock. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just like he's telling the disciples, you know, don't don't go there. They did. But he's trying to warn them not to. Right. And, and God is trying to. He's so trying to help us sure. through these things. <laughs> First Kings 19, 11 through 13. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. 
Hmm. That's a great word picture. It is. I mean, the still small voice. I'm, I'm convinced that's where that comes from. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great picture of, of Elijah. I, I couldn't help but think about. It's kind of what you just said. Sometimes it's often, yeah. it's often preceded by something that's not so calm. Mm-hmm. And then and God comes in, and, and it's the it's the it's the calm after the storm. That's right. A lot of times, yeah, yeah. I know. You know, Debbie is um, Debbie's very quiet. Mm-hmm. She doesn't talk very loud. And if there's noise going on in the house, and she's trying to talk to me, and I'm not standing right in front of her, I can't hear her. And so I I, I go to her, mm-hmm. and I go stand right in front of her so that I can hear what she's saying. And I think about God that way, you know, that we, a lot of times, um, God is, he's trying to talk to us, but he's doing it and he wants us to come to him and be in his presence because that's the only way we're going to hear him. Mm-hmm. And now there's times where he pops him upside the head with a two by four too. Right. But, but so many times we try to multitask God in. Yeah. That's not do. how it works. That's right. So, so many times it's doing nothing, getting quiet and just. We've said it before. Close your mouth and listen. Yeah. Question. Many times in the past year, God planted my husband and I in the right place at the right time. He provided for every need we had. How does God meet your needs? Do you thank him daily for his provisions of spiritual and physical food? Can you think of a time when he met your needs in an extreme, extraordinary way? <coughs> I, of course, couldn't help but think. I've told the story on the podcast before, probably more than once, but um, I just remember the time when I had been, you know, I worked for a company for 25 years, and after working for that company for 25 years, I, I found myself unemployed. And then I came to work at Run for God, and my earnings were a lot less than they were at mm-hmm. this former employer. And so we all worry about money. I was, you know, you're concerned about it. Money's never been a big, big deal to me, but it's, you gotta, you gotta make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Right. And so after I had been with run for God for a year or so, I got a little anxious about that. And I'm thinking, I wonder what the difference is between what I spent over the last year Versus what I took in over the last year, because I just knew I'd spent a lot more than I'd taken in. Sure. Um, and so I looked. Well, what I have found out was that I'd only spent $500 more than I'd taken in in that past year. And I thought, wow, that is God telling me, I got you where I want you. I got you doing what I want you to do. Don't worry about it. I've got you. An hour later, I get in my car, I drive over to your house, and I walk in your office. And you looked at me and you, you snapped your fingers and you went, ah, wish I'd have known you were coming. I just put a check in the mail to you for $500, <laughs> which was an odd thing for you to say. I remember it, you almost turned pale. Yeah. It was like. It, it, it was because that's nor, normally you might you might say. Normally uh, I would forget I even sent it. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you might say I, I put a I put yeah. a check in the mail or something like that. Yeah, I gave but the you amount. specifically yeah. mentioned the amount that day. And yeah. it was it was just it was God's exclamation point of him just meeting a need. And he wasn't this wasn't a, this was you can look at this as a physical need, 
as far as having money, but that wasn't what this was. This was meeting a mental need. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we look at God meeting physical needs as the thing. When we talk about meeting our needs, we think of God meeting our physical needs. Well, there's another side to that. Mm-hmm. And our mental needs are just as important. And he will meet those mental needs just as much as he'll meet those physical needs. In this case, really in both ways. Right. You know, I think I think the story that's and I don't know if you've ever talked about this on the podcast, but as you were reading First Kings, it. And then that question followed it. It just really made me think about, you know, pre-run for God, I was in the construction and development business, and and um, we we went through 2016, 17, 18, you know, the whole financial crisis. And <clears throat> for several years, we went through some harsh struggles. I mean, it, we were we, – we, we probably – took on some debt we shouldn't have in, in doing some projects and um, and then the housing market just shut everything down and, and we basically what I'm saying for about two and a half years we we had the wind <laughs> we had the storms we had the fires we had the earthquake everything it talks about here in first Kings and and these were the days you've heard me talk about you know pray like you're sitting in the in your church in the middle of the day with the lights off well that's actually what i was doing back then i mean we we were facing some incredible financial struggles i mean it was barreling down on us and literally i mean so so much so that i was in my church in the middle of the day crying out to god physically god just take this from i mean i Jesus in the garden. I'm no Jesus, but I was crying out probably just as loud. God, take this from me. Mm. And then you talk about the gentle whisper. I, you talk about snapping your fingers. And one day in a situation that you couldn't replicate in a million years, all that ended and it was gone. And it was like that whisper. It's yeah. the contrast of it. One day it's like, this is going to get bad, very bad financially for your family. To the next day, it's gone. Yeah. That's God. Yes. That, the circumstances, and I won't go into the circumstances that made all that happen, but you, you couldn't replicate it. No. You, there's no other explanation for how that happened other than God. And so you, you hear me talk about Dave Ramsey a lot. Mm-hmm. 2016, 17, 18 is the reason yeah. <laughs> you hear me talk about Dave Ramsey a lot because yeah. I, I just I'm I'm never going back there. But um, ha- had I not went through that stroke, had that God moment happened two or three years earlier, I probably wouldn't be talking about it on this podcast. Yeah. I'd have said, "Oh, it's just a coincidence." Yeah, that was no coincidence. No, and and I mean, and it's and it's just like Julie's story here. Because it stretched out for so long, and then she, it, you can't, you can't see it on this podcast, but she put in bold letters, "My husband is cancer free." Yep, that is that is God's stamp right there. Yep, and so many times we need to be thankful for those hard times, but uh, so many times we get in there, and we're like, "Well, we're like, why, God, why?" Yeah, look back at the last trial that He brought you through, where you said in bold letters, "My husband's cancer free," or God brought me out of this thing or whatever it is. Look back 
Amen. That's why we have a rearview mirror. You got to look back to know where you're at right now so many times. That's right. Another question. In Jesus' final hours before his resurrection, he took the disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He asked them to pray, and he poured out his soul to his Father. As Jesus sets the example, we need time alone with just him. So where do you meet with Jesus? A specific place in your home or maybe while you're out for a run or walk? Do you have a mental picture or vision of where you meet him, like my bench in the garden? Do you have a, a place? Uh, I got a few. My, my favorite is the big tree at Grove Level North. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pull down there. Um, I love it in the in the shoulder seasons of the year when I just roll the windows down and turn the truck off and and just sit there with with my Bible. And and um, that's probably my favorite. I mean, my office. Um, you know, I seem to – I just – I don't know. I feel like – God shows up in my truck all the time, <laughs> just driving along, mm-hmm. and and like I don't even know what it is, and it's like maybe I don't know if something triggers it or something, but it just you feel overwhelmed all but of the a radio's sudden. probably usually off, isn't it? Well, yeah, probably, or because it's, it's quiet. Yeah, which yeah. how often do we get quiet? We never get quiet, right? Yeah, yeah, but that that's kind of I don't know. I, I I just think it's amazing when. Um, when you just feel that overwhelming presence, I'm not as much of a, I mean, I love this idea of going to a place and meeting with God. And there are those places, you know, I've got some, a couple of places at my house, but I love it when God just shows up when you're not necessarily expecting him to, Mm -hmm. man, that's just glorious. Last question. As I grow in my relationship with Christ, I've learned to enjoy my time with him. I also have learned to hear his voice more clearly. How do you discern God's voice? Does he need to use an earthquake or a whisper to get your attention? <laughs> Many times, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what, what? oftentimes it's when I'm sensing, I'm, I'm going to say when I'm sensing God, but the, the question is, how do you discern when it's God's voice? A lot of times it's when he's asking me to do something that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's out of my character and it's out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You can just about bet most times that's God. Yep. You know, when you hear people say, you know, I feel like God's asking me to do whatever. And they follow that up with, you know, it's just not who I am. I just, I don't really know how to do it. I'm really uncomfortable doing it. And a lot of times I'm like, that's probably God. Because think about it. If it was in your comfort zone, it's something that you always do and it makes complete sense, then that can be ambiguous. That can be you. Yeah. But a lot of times we like to say, oh, God led me to do it. No, that's what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not not throwing rocks here. I'm just saying in my life a lot of times, that's what happens Mm -hmm. is you really pull it down into something Mitchell wanted to do. But... Go get some T-shirts made yeah, with a funny-looking stick guy on them, and that that made no sense. Nope. You know, start a running ministry. I was a builder. That doesn't make sense. It's out of my comfort zone. I have no clue how to do that. Those are often the times when God uses people the most because just like in my situation, my question to God for the first 
few years was God, why me? Why not somebody like Ryan Hall or Dean Thompson, somebody who's an accomplished runner and notably, you know, spiritual person, maybe has been to seminary. It's because he knew I can't take any of the credit for it. Yep. And that's where he he wants us to be the Davids. You know, he, he wants us to be the Pauls. Mm. Th- those men could take zero credit. It, 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 all that happened in spite of them. Yep. And that's where God wants us to use us most of the time, but it's not comfortable. Nope. And you don't know everything and you don't know how it's going to turn out. But if you trust God, it's going to turn out in a way that uses that for his glory. I'm not going to say it turns out great. Right. That's, this is not prosperity gospel. That's right. It's, it may turn out bad in your eyes, but it turned out good in his. And, and we won't know to, till eternity how that happened because it may happen it may be a bad situation here and a great situation on the other side of the world that's right because of what he did there but Mm -hmm. so many times we don't see those connections but we will we will will. one day it is so hard to stay on track as a runner or a walker the world also makes it difficult to stay on track spiritually too for pennies a day, Upward Sports Run for God Run Club can make both of these journeys more fun and much easier. Join the Run for God Run Club and get access to training plans, videos, and the best group of active Christians you will find anywhere. Go to runforgod.com and sign up today. All right, we're back. So how about we talk about another study? <laughs> this one's really You know I'm not down on studies. Do. I'm just I, a, I'm just a skeptic. I, I, and I, and I love you. to argue with you sometimes. So. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> um, well, this, this, one, uh, this one was published in uh, December 19th, Cell Reports Medicine by Jorn... Tromelin, I guess, is the name. So this is interesting because, um, you know, there's a conventional wisdom out there that whenever you have whenever you have protein, your body needs protein, Mm -hmm. but that when you take in protein, you should only take in 20 to 25 grams per time that you you, you do it. Right. Your body really can't process a whole lot. Yeah, because your body can't process more than that. And that's been the conventional wisdom for a very long time. And so, of course, that's why a lot of diets advocate for eating many small meals during the day because getting your protein in smaller batches makes your body able to process the whole thing, right? Well, these guys ask the question, what if that's wrong? (laughs) What if that's not true, right? And the reason why they asked the question was they started looking at other animals and specifically they looked at snakes. You know, a snake will eat a big meal up to 25% of their body weight and then they won't eat again for weeks and yet they still function. Now, we're not snakes, obviously, mm-hmm. but... There's the key. We're, yes, we're not snakes. we are not snakes. <laughs> but they got to thinking, well, I wonder... You know, you know, is there any anything to this? And so they did. They started. They created a whole different kind of study. They gave people 100 grams of protein, which is more than most studies give. Mm-hmm. Most studies would give like 50, 60 grams. They gave 100. Um, and then they also measured for longer. So most studies measure for four hours afterwards. They measured for 12 hours afterwards. 
And what they found was they looked for the cues that would be in your body if you had excess protein in your body, and they found none. Hmm. Meaning that these bodies were using that protein, but they were using it over a longer period of time and in a, in a slower fashion. And it was a huge surprise because for so long, we have been thinking that that's not the way it works. Now, we can't change everything we think based on one study, just like you, you mentioned So that earlier. means we get the 16-ounce steak instead of the 6-ounce steak. That's what I'm thinking. That sounds- I could get behind that study. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there, I think this is probably a, a good initial study to start studying this because there's a lot of questions about mm-hmm. it. You know, is it, is it, does age matter? Mm-hmm. Does gender matter? Does... I mean, you can ask all these questions about um, uh, this was done with runners and weightlifters, this particular study. Um, but does it work more for runners than weightlifters or is it a certain kind of exercise that makes this work? But but it's a it's a pretty cool, pretty cool start hmm. um, has definitely seems to have definitely debunked the whole idea of you can only digest 20 to 25 grams of protein a time at a time. So, I don't know. I wonder, you know what I wonder? I wonder what else we don't know. (laughs) What else is conventional wisdom that is wrong? (laughs) Because you know there's more out there, and we're going to find it. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, you only have a certain amount of space in your brain. I want to make a suggestion on how to use it. This one's called Shell Space. Have you ever seen one of those messages that says your storage is full? Maybe it came through your computer to inform you that you can't do that thing you want to do because there's insufficient memory. Or perhaps you've tried to take a photograph only to get the notification that your phone storage is full and there is no room for another photo. 90% of us have, in all likelihood, seen that message. Now think about your brain. How does your brain work? Well, I submit that it works a lot like a computer. There is only so much space in there for things. Admittedly, some people seem to have much larger hard drives than others, and still others can access that information much faster, but we all have limits. Now think of a grocery store. Like a computer and your brain, there is limited space. A store cannot carry every item available due to limited shelf space. And some of that shelf space is more valuable than others. To be sure, there are big fights over where items are displayed, eye level being the ideal height. Now back to your brain. You have a limited shelf space in your brain and some of the information in there is easier to see than others. When you're obsessed with negative thoughts, it's because you have placed those thoughts at eye level on an end cap. You have placed them in the most prominent location. You almost can't help seeing them, like the party items just before the Super Bowl. I think we need to rearrange our shelves. It's almost impossible to stop yourself from having negative thoughts, but if you must have them, you can place them in the back of the store, in the corner, and on the bottom shelf. Then, on those end caps and point of purchase displays, you should place the most positive thoughts you can imagine. Spend some time on those thoughts, too, making the display as bright and and as inviting as you can. You want the good thoughts to be the first thing you see. And if you keep adding those good thoughts, maybe you'll eventually run out of storage space for those negative thoughts. 
Do you think about negative or positive thoughts when you run or walk? When it gets hard, is your first thought, oh, this is so miserable? Or is it, let me focus on a Bible verse or a song to get me through this run? You have a default position usually, and that default is based on where you put those thoughts in your grocery store brain. The thing is that you usually know the right thoughts to think. That means those thoughts are on the shelves of your grocery store brain, but they're buried in the back where you only go to look when you have time. When you're working hard and there is stress on your body, you don't have time to go pleasure shopping. You need to grab those good thoughts and get on with your business. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What Paul is writing here is that it's not enough to not think bad thoughts. We need to crowd out those bad thoughts with good thoughts. He is saying, fill up your grocery store brain with so much good stuff that you don't even have room for the bad stuff. And if you think your circumstances are too tough to think positive thoughts, consider that Paul was in prison while he wrote those words. If you struggle struggle with negative thinking, maybe you need to clear out your shelves and restock them in an entirely different way. Reading Philippians 4, 8 over and over might be a good start. Find the most positive things you can think up and put them right inside the front door. With all the good news contained in the Bible, it seems to me there is no reason to even stock anything else. It's a great story, Dean. You know, that reminds me of a <clears throat> illustration that our um, children's director at our church used to do. She may still do it, but I know she did it for the boys when they were young. But she had this glass of water and uh, she put black food coloring in it and she said this glass of water is our mind and the black food coloring is sin and the bad thoughts and all that stuff what you're talking about right here and then she puts it under a water faucet of clean water and she just barely turns that water faucet on and she said these this is the things of god and as that water starts trickling down into that glass you see it starting to become less black and then it turns gray and then it becomes cloudy and within a minute or so that glass of water is perfectly clear and that's exactly what you're talking about here it's it's what you got to be careful of is so many times we just want to get rid of the bad things but we don't put anything in its place yep and that does no good because Mm -hmm. We're going to let bad things creep back in. You got to replace. You got to do what it talks about here in Philippians four eight. You've got to replace it with the things of God. Yeah, um, great story. Yeah, I don't know why it's so hard for us to to think positive. Um, and I think maybe part of it is because the world rewards negative thinking these days. Maybe I think that when people are are negative, they tend to get more attention. I mean, if you think about, you know, they've tried to do um, news. That is nothing but positive news. And every time somebody tries to do that, it never works because mm-hmm. nobody wants to watch positive news. I don't know why that is either. I, I don't. Why are we wired that way? I, I had a situation just this past weekend. You know, we're, we're building our house and we're getting close to being done. And uh, I was outside with the uh, it was the brick guy the other day and he said he said you got a wet spot right here it's been dry the past week or so and it, he said i don't know if there's something going on here and and we had just brought some topsoil in so it was wet well 
by the next morning, I had built this story up in my head that we're, our house is on a slab. And right there where that wet spot is, is, is where the, the bobcats went in and out, putting the gravel in the slab. I had this in my head that there was a pipe leaking under the slab and then it was coming out right there in the block so that's why that i had i had already had it in my head that i was gonna have to go in and jackhammer concrete flooring's already down you know and I, i'd already told holly i think this is what's going on this is gonna be horrible terrible and i went over there the next morning you can look on the water meter at your road and you can tell if there's water running there's a little triangle for all you people out there if you ever want to know if there's a leak there's a trying little triangle when you look at your water meter and it if it's spinning that means water's running right in the least little bit so i went out there and the triangle wasn't spinning it was just a wet spot in the yard yeah but i went off the deep end <laughs> into worst case scenario we're not gonna be moving in for months i'm gonna have to jack camera the just tear the house down we're gonna have to, why do we go there why do we do that i, I don't know but you you know it makes me think it, it, here's the point behind that is you blew that up into a big thing because it was negative right. if it had been if you had just looked at that and gone oh there's a wet spot you never would have thought about it again, right? Well, so I, that's what, where I started, but I convinced myself otherwise. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was a negative thing. It's wet spot. Why is that yeah. wet spot there? Yeah. But we don't, so many times we don't just, it's like somebody says something bad to us. Instead of, oh, they must be having a bad day. Within a week, we're like, they hate us. Yeah. They hate me. You know, we're <laughs> never going to be friends. Why, why do we go down those rabbit trails? Yep. But... If we put positive things in our lives always, if we put the things of God in our lives always, it's easier to say, oh, they might just be having a bad day. No big deal. But so many times we don't do that. But that's why Run Club is so good. It because is. because you see so much positive. There's so many people that are they're posting positive things. And when somebody does post something negative, mm-hmm. there's positive responses to the negativity yeah. and so we, we, we that's see, been pretty cool to watch yeah you know somebody does go negative on there i mean it's, yeah. it's like that pitcher of water clean water being poured in there it just yeah. dilutes it out it really does yeah. and uh yeah I, I think it's that that's great we have to be intentional about about trying to be positive you know i've i'm not a big i don't like it i'm not a big fan of any social media strava is probably my favorite social media if you can call it that <laughs> I think yeah, I think it is. But you, you hey, there's the mayor. You uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes every once in a while I go on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I last five minutes on Twitter. It's not Twitter anymore though, is it? Well, X now. X. Yeah, it's X now. And I go on there, and my blood pressure. I can <laughs> feel my blood pressure go yeah. up in five minutes, and I've got to turn it off. Yeah, because I, I can't. I can't. I I can't. I, it's I. That's it's too. There's too much. Now I'm not denigrating x or twitter i'm not i'm not saying it's for you it's not good for For me i i dean has to i have to stay away from it because it's not good for me mentally kind of along the same lines you'll be proud as of the end of this month uh i canceled my you know our cable if you want to call it that is youtube tv well it's canceled and it ends at the end of this month and I'm like, I did that. You can cancel it now and get your money back for, you know, for the partial month, or you can cancel it now and your membership runs through the next pay period. I purposely did that because it's almost like I'm, I like knowing it's coming. So I'm, I'm slowly trying to do different things, you yeah. know, than watch the news and that. Cause the, the news is the worst. I mean, 
no matter which side you're on, it can get under your skin and it just, it makes your blood pressure for me. And so I, I that's one thing I'm trying to do to cut out the negativity in my life. Because let's think about it. No matter which side of the aisle you're on, whatever news you're watching, just like you said, they've tried to have positive news before and it doesn't work. No matter no matter what, what news you watch, it goes negative. Yeah. And, it, and it impacts us. It does. Yeah. 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 If there's a car wreck on the side of the road, we've got to slow down. And and now it's 24 hours coverage of, of that negative. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> you you know, right. used to, when I was young, it was, yeah. you know, six o'clock in the evening. That's right. But now it's all day, every day. And they're looking for it. They go out, <clears throat> they go out and they search for these negative things because they know that's what puts people in front of televisions and that's what sells newspapers and, and that kind of thing. And so they, they're looking for negative stuff because they know that's what, that's what people. Yeah, I felt about. really good the other day because there was something going on. I don't even remember what it was. But somebody said, have you heard about something? It's something I should have heard about, but I hadn't. And I was like, cool. Yeah. You know, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah. You know, everybody in the community is talking about this, and I have because I don't have the social on my phone anymore, and I'm getting rid of this. And I'm gonna like it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm, in, I'm enjoying the things I should be enjoying more. That's awesome. That's awesome. There is no better way to start the day than in the Word. Our Bible in a Year Challenge is a great way to start the day in the Word as I read through the entire Bible in 365 episodes. I also share running and walking tips each day as well as encouraging quotes. Choose the self-paced challenge so that you can go at your pace. You must be a Run Club member for access to this exciting challenge. So if you're not a member, sign up today and get started. If you are a member... What are you waiting for? Every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. This week, I'm going to say this. It makes traveling easier. Well, how, how you ask? Well, you can walk or run two places. Um, you're in better shape and you can handle more when you get there. Um, and let's say you're in an airport and this happened to, to Debbie and I one time. We we're in an airport. We had to run to catch the next plane. I've done that. And we barely made it. Right. And uh, we wouldn't have made it had we not been in pretty good shape. Um, we talked last week about running to a ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, going to a big city. If you're going to go to some big city or you, let's say you go to the Grand Canyon and you want to hike. Um, there's lots of walking to be done when you go on vacation. The better shape you're in, the more you can handle that walk. So it just makes traveling better. Sure. All right. right, Trivia question for this week. Back in 1978, there was a guy who set world records in the 3,000 meters, the 3,000 meter steeplechase, the 5,000 meters, and the 10,000 meters in 81 days. Who was that man? We've talked about this before. We talked about him before? I think so. Maybe this was a trivia question one time before. Well, this man, just so you know. Just I can't pa- remember his name. He just passed away um, just last week. And so I thought it would be appropriate. Or maybe to- it was somebody else who broke several records in a string like that. I don't know. This rings a bell for yeah, some reason. Yeah, well. Because hmm. it's the year I was born, so. 
Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it next week. Um, And if you know the answer to it, you can send it to Dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person, you'll win $20 off in the Run for God store. So send me those answers. So, Dean, before we wind this thing down, we are dangerously close to hitting the 100,000 download mark. We are. We're, we're, yes, we're right at it. That's, that's, that blows my mind. Yeah. And so I just want to say to everybody out there listening, thank you. Um, Dean and I would have never. I, I think. I think Dean would share this sentiment with us. With me, we didn't know if this was going to work or not. Nope. <laughs> Especially episode two was COVID. Yep. And we just didn't know this whole run club idea. But so, you know, back to that whole idea we were talking about earlier about God's timing. Yeah. We started doing this at the exact right time. We did. We really did, and it was you. When you look back on it, it was clear that God had sure plans. From, so, from the beginning. Thank so, you. So let's we're we're right at a hundred thousand. Let's see how fast we can get to two hundred thousand. Yes. Lot, we 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 always have this in our notes, but we never really say it. So if you if you like what you're hearing, share it. Yeah. You know, this podcast is free. This is the way that you can, you know, give this ministry a pat on the back. Share it if you like it. Rate it. Um, if you go on Apple Podcast or Spotify or any of them, you know, give a five star review. You know, it, it, we we don't need any one stars. Just keep those to yourself. Um, but if you if you like us, give us a five star review. Do a rating on it. Do comments on it because all those things help the algorithm. So mm-hmm. the, in the podcast world, so just so you know, the more you interact with it the more it's shown to people because this is this is a ministry tool as well it's an evangelism mm-hmm. tool as well because this the more it's it's rated the more you like it and and do all the things the more opportunity it has to pop up into people's feeds who may not be a part of what we do maybe they're maybe they're an unchurched person but they're a runner um it, it gives us those opportunities to touch people where they are that we don't even know about so mm-hmm. that that's just one way you can help us and help this ministry help this podcast is to like it comment it share it all all the things you know what they are um but just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting what we're doing amen I'll leave you with a motivational thought for this week. Uh, It comes from Steve Jobs. He said, if you really look closely, most overnight successes took a long time. (laughs) He's an overnight success, but it took him 10 years to do it. That's right. Yep. That happens all the time, right? So there is no such thing really as overnight success. It's somebody work hard and that's that's for you too. When you watch somebody run that marathon... There were a lot of miles that went into it. They didn't do it overnight. They didn't do it overnight. And uh, But man, it's so worth it when you get there. So hopefully you're on that journey in one way or another. And until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run For God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace With God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.